Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern, all things spooky, sometimes fried, <laughs> and today, well, personal. And totally off the rails. Indeed, we're off book right now. Oh my god, the possibilities are terrifying. Indeed. So, we want to thank everybody for listening. We want to invite you to our Facebook, Patreon, uh, you name it. We have some shout outs. We have a few dedicated listeners. Mm -hmm. I'll mention Melissa Brannon Mm -hmm. and... Thank you to Angel Harris yep. and our new new guy, yeah. Chris Vigel, yeah. I think is how you say it. Yeah. If not, we apologize. Ooh, but who are we? Uh, well, I am the Florida Man Tony. Yay! I am the Carolina Girl Heather. Indeed. And today we're talking about things that kind of messed us up and made us the way we are. <laughs> that sounds like we're trying to justify our existence. Aren't we all? That is a good existential question. Indeed. But anyway, we're talking Specifically. Ab- we're talking about the creepy things that we've experienced that made us, well, creepy. The reason we're doing this yes. is that I'm on vacation time and I'm not around an actual computer and we went on a vacation last week and um, we don't have a written script. Yeah. We just never yeah. got around to it. Exactly. So it's me saying, I'm so sorry. We Mm -hmm. will have a real episode coming up soon. We have a few things coming down the pipe that Mm -hmm. I think are going to be good. Indeed. So for now, we're just being conversational. Indeed. So I have a question. I might have an answer. As a child, what messed you up, movie-wise? Movie-wise. Yeah, movie-wise. Tell me one thing that scarred you for life. Oh, I want to say scarred, but some scars are good. But still, what, what had that impression on you? There are several. Yeah. Um, we were in the car the other day talking about movies when we were growing up. How most of them had at least one terrifying scene. One traumatizing scene, yes. And some had a lot. Um, one of the ones that I remember just in vague fragments was the original Watership Down. Yes. I don't remember all of it. I remember, okay, if you are somehow unfamiliar with it, it's an animated film about bunnies, but it's and actually quite vicious. Yeah, and, and their society. And it's, a, <laughs> it's a rabbit society. There are fights. There yep. are struggles. It is, there is I'm not sure there it's There is blood. There is, it's gruesome. There is an entire scene to where the farmer sets the field on fire and rabbits die. I just remember some really vicious fights that yeah. I'm like, I didn't know rabbits did this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I won't say the whole thing, but there are definitely a few of the like fight scenes that live with me, and I don't like remembering them. Yeah, they are in your head rent-free. <laughs> Absolutely. Sort of like me. Um I, of course, we both grew up on, like, Disney Channel and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, before there was Disney yeah, Channel. Yeah, <laughs> before there was Disney Channel. There was just a channel that played Disney stuff. We are Gen X. I am 48. I am 44. Yeah, We, we live through the, the time of trauma-filled movies, yes. but, but they we, were good. We lived through the 80s. That is the hangover of the 70s. So, That's um, apropos, yeah. There is... A movie, an old Disney movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. We mentioned it not yes. too long ago in the Cryptid Catalog. Yes. And, and we went down this little rabbit hole and we're like, okay, we should really address this. Yes. Um, and in one scene they're talking about a banshee. And that banshee scared the crap out of me. Yes. Now, if, if, you, don't, if you don't know this banshee, go on the YouTube and say, I want to see Darby O'Gill and the Little People banshee scene. 
And I'm telling you, like, the graphics, of course, this was, the movie was made in, like, 78 or 79. I don't know how well the special effects hold up, because I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It scared me. But still, it was scary. Like, that traumatized me big time. She was very frightening. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Nightmare Fuel for Kids. I think we listed also, there were definitely... I've seen lots of lists of things where people are like, what was wrong with people when we were kids and making these movies? I don't think they're wrong. I do. I think they're good for us ultimately, but they do put some images in your head that just don't yeah, leave. Definitely. Dark Crystal. Thank you, the, Jim Henson. The, um, the Emperor, the who, emperor dies. who died. Yeah. And because he just kind of rots away. Yes, he just... I don't even know how they did that, actually, but he just turns to dust yep. in his royal bed. Yeah. Um... For me, Indiana Jones, when they open the oh, Ark of the yeah. Covenant and his face melts, that got me. He's like, okay, ah. this was like one of the head Nazis, not yeah, Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah. He's still around. <laughs> the <laughs> one thing I love about Nazis, no matter what happens to them, you never feel bad. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Um, they make great bad guys in yep. films. I thought, kind of along the similar lines, now this was not really... I'm not sure about Indiana Jones being a kid's film. It was an adventure film. Yeah, it was definitely a a kid's... I mean, not kid-oriented. Like, that wasn't the demo they were going for. Yeah. I remember going, Indiana Jones was amazing as a child. Right, same. And, you know, you tended to think of, like, Disney as kid films. But we also watched... My dad used to take me to slasher flicks all the time Mm -hmm. back when that was a thing. But I remember watching Poltergeist... And the paranormal investigator who has this, like hallucination that he's like oh chewing his face off yes oh my gosh that that has the same sort of feeling as as the melting nazi yeah um (laughs) just scary stuff that it's not even that it's scary i guess but it is sort of it's also not even just that it's sort of gross but it just lives in your head as imagery forever it does it does and like i mean (laughs) <laughs> like speaking of Poltergeist, the I think it was in the second one, or maybe it was the first one. The old preacher guy who walked around singing. Oh yeah, he was like the second or third one. He but, was but creepy. He yeah. was creepy. Like, and I know, like the, everybody said, the actor was amazing. He was like one of the most generous, nice people they'd ever. Well, met. that's the case with a lot of bad guy characters but played by nice. He people. played that to the hilt. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like, that was creepy. Yes, getting to play someone who was creepy is probably a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, Gremlins kind of had a Gremlins, whole lot of it. Yeah. Um, I, I the would, very end, I mean, the whole premise is kind of uh, both funny and horrible. Like, we both have well-developed, morbid senses of humor. And I think this is why, but still. <laughs> if anyone has not seen Gremlins, a bunch of little creatures... What's wrong with you? Right. Um, cause utter havoc and break everything mechanical and a whole lot of people die in what is, <laughs> I can only say, interesting and sometimes hilarious fashions. Yeah. It's a movie. We, I mean, it's not real. It's an 80s movie. Yeah. A lot of things you can just sort of sum up as, well, it was the 80s. 
Yeah, you know? I mean, like, no, seriously. Like, what happened to you? The 80s. Oh, we're so sorry. Um, like, there's the old lady who... Mrs. Her, Deagle. Mrs. Deagle, who's... Yes. Um, what do you call those things? Like, the chair... The, the stairmaster? The, the chairlift. Not, takes not stairmaster, maybe. Fair enough. The chairlift. It's like you sit in the chair and it takes you up the steps. Gently. But if the gremlins get a hold of it, it goes up at about, like, Mach 7 and <laughs> you're propelled shot, out the window. shot her through the window. And now, keep in mind, you would think shooting her through the window, yeah, she's obviously... Obviously not going to survive, but there's still a chance. No, it shows her land in a car face first. It was pretty yeah, <laughs> So you're like, wow. <laughs> and yet, of course, she was also deliberately she made was an unlikable the villain. character. She was absolutely the antagonist of the movie. She was a terrible person, but yeah. they did that on purpose, I think, so they could do that to her. But at the end, the lead gremlin, Stripe, Stripe. one of my favorites, I still have a plushie of him, if you can call it a plushy he's not yeah. very plush anyway yeah. little reptilian creatures he is they're sort of like vampires expose them to light and they disintegrate well you see it happen yeah well um, i mean yeah he literally melts i think one of the most so disturbing gruesome. things like, i think one that that didn't get me what got me was when he's looking at billy and you know whatever the girl's name is in Gizmo and then he dips his finger in water and you see the pustules building up uh. on his back and it turns out those are also gremlins. Oh yeah. You like and like he's about because that's how they breed. You get them wet they kind of spontaneously reproduce. In a clone kind of yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. They it sort makes of, no biological they sort sense. Of, they sort of asexually split themselves. Water. Yeah. It's done by water. So when you see one of the, I think it was Stripe, who ran into like the YMCA pool, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, there are now hundreds of them. Yeah. Anyway. It was a fun movie for what it was. It was also kind of a Christmas movie. Well, it, it was a Christmas movie, and there's actually a scene. It happens in both Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2. Oh, dear. Uh, Phoebe Cates. I can't remember her character's name. I, I think it was... Yeah, I don't remember either. Like Julie or something. Some basic name. Anyway, in in both movies, well, she the gets The second this, one was a parody of the first one, yeah, ultimately. And in both movies, she gets this thousand-yard stare, and then she talks about something bad that has happened to her. Right. And she talks about when her dad dressed as Santa Claus and climbed up through the chimney, but fell and broke his neck, and they couldn't find him. Right. Like, there is some traumatizing stuff in a kid's movie. And we have discussed it before that Disney made a point of putting like dark things in yes. his films. Yes. It, and I think there is a point to that. Like if you don't put shadows in, how can we, you know, appreciate the light? Exactly. Without the darkness you can't appreciate the light and vice versa. Absolutely. So I am curious if people wish to join in this conversation. Oh, absolutely! Remotely. Like what? What meshed you up? <laughs> uh, especially if you're our age. I think younger generations don't have this quite as much. Someone, I don't know. I think maybe people like our age who became executives were like, "We are not traumatizing our kids the way we were messed up," which I think is a disservice. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I remember again. This isn't gross and it isn't scary. But we're going to cite never-ending story. Oh, the yeah. Swamps of Sadness. Yeah, Artax. Oh, yes, indeed. That one always gets people. Well, I mean, <laughs> the movie... Uh, the movie got everybody. That's oh, like yeah. that's like me and you will understand this when they shot old Yeller, cried like a baby. Right? Well, now that I know about rabies, I understand. Rabies is the scariest thing in the world to me. You Okay, for context, if anyone does not know... <laughs> Old Yeller is about a dog who gets rabies and has to be put down. Yes. 
Which, again, is sort of an odd topic for a Disney film. Wasn't it Disney? Yeah. But it was, again, it was a Disney movie. They also made Song of the South, babe. Uh, that's questionable in a totally different direction. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, I think our the long and short of this is we do agree that eh, if you don't put some bad stuff in, scary or otherwise... People get this unreasonable expectation that life is all sunshine and rainbows and puppy lips. Yeah. Where, I mean, and we talk about the bad things that happen. Yeah. You know? And, I don't know, I would like to think, it's sort of like my character at Fair, Batista. She's professionally evil, providing a service to the town because... She runs the Villains Guild. Right. Um, So, I kind of feel like this is our service of, yes, there are ghosty things, there are scary things, and there are criminal things. We we cover a lot of weirdness. Yeah. But I'd like to think that it kind of highlights not just the creepy stuff, but maybe makes people appreciate the good stuff. Yeah, the I mean Maybe. I one hope. would hope <laughs> one would hope that it would make somebody go, "Man, that really sucks. I'm glad that never happened to me." <laughs> right? <laughs> Though if it did or something similar, then um sorry. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry. And going down another little path, I think for us, because we have been through some tough times, yeah. we this is a good coping thing for us. Oh, absolutely. When you've had loss, it's easier to talk about it. When you've had bad things happen, eh, I don't know. I think it helps. Yeah. This is our own therapy. Now, movies in general. Movies, yes, movies music. When I was five or six, um, Vincent Price's speech in the song Thriller scared the hell out of me. Really? Yes. When I was why young, was it just the sound of his voice? I, no. Keep in mind, I've or always did you listen. I've always loved the sound of his voice, but I glorious. heard what he said. Ah. And keep in mind, the first horror movie I ever watched was George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, nineteen sixty eight. That is and, an interesting way and to start. I was very young when I saw this. Are we six. talking the black and white one? Yes, that's 68. Six. I was six when I saw this movie. Definitely not meant for kids. Indeed. But it Terrifying. was on it was on HBO and I wanted to watch cartoons and there were no cartoons, so I watched that. <laughs> All right, so people younger than us, this is what it was like. You had to watch what was on TV and commercials. You had to watch commercials. Right? Eventually, we got Blockbuster, and we could kind and VHS, and we could choose some things. But you still had to wait for you either had to rent them or wait for the movies you wanted. Yep. So if there weren't cartoons and there was no Cartoon Network, you had to wait or watch whatever came on. Now I watched some crazy movies like anything Dario Argento, which is like. Can we also mention that there were no parental controls and you can watch whatever. Well, I mean, I remember the HBO thing. It would come up with the HBO symbol and all of a sudden it'd be like rated R. And then it would just start playing the movie. And if you're like me as a kid, you're like, yes! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depends on what it was, of course. Wow. I remember watching Victor Victoria well before my mom was quite ex- expecting me to I'm, that. I'm suddenly remembering being 12 years old and sneakily watching the Red Shoe Diaries on Showtime <laughs> when it was like 1.30 in the morning. I, I wonder. I, watched... I wonder where my insomnia came from. Right. <laughs> I was thinking. I think I watched Flesh and Blood really early on, which that's a highly sexual film. Well, okay, not sexual, but probably showed boobies. You know what show really kind of? I don't want to say scarred, but sort of influenced my sense of humor. 
Pray tell. Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yes. I watched that with my dad. Yes. Which, there were some scenes, because I was young Back enough. Back when it was HBO's Tales yes. from the Crypt. Yes. The, yeah, there was definitely some selective nudity there. And there yeah. would be those moments where I'm like, okay, Dad, I'm going to get some orange juice. I'll be back in a second. Yeah. And I would sort of wait till the sex scene or whatever was over. <laughs> just because my dad and I, we loved horror stuff, but we just didn't talk about intimate stuff no, like that. No, I had, I had... But I watched all of them, and I have two sets of them yeah. on DVD. Now, I had Tales from the Dark Side, also a TV show. Yeah. Made for network TV. And then I also, of course, grew up with The Twilight Zone. Always Rod delightful. Serling, always good. But always just a little messed up, enough uh-huh. to where you could go, hmm. <laughs> That was weird. Fortunately, Tales from the Crypt was never anything that you were like, that's ever going to happen. But it was fun to watch. Yeah. But there was time. There was time! <laughs> Twilight Zone always seemed like it was just within the realm of possibility. You know that Twilight Zone actually spawned the scariest short sto- shortest story of all time? Oh, and pray tell, what's that? The sca- Okay, the... For people who don't know, this is considered one of the scariest, shortest stories of all times. You ready? Sure. The last man on earth hears a knock at the door. Ooh. Okay, so you mentioned influences. Yes. I got, when I was young, people my age may recall this, the Time Life series books. Time Life was wonderful. Yes. Um, the Enchanted World series. Yeah, you told me about this. I never had them. I, I have had the, them I had to like this the day. dinosaur book version of that. The one that was like Discovery something or other. Yeah. Well, they had they were different topics, much like ourselves. Yeah. And of course they had magic and fantasy. Yeah, novels, yeah, yeah. But there were like four books. One was vampires. One was ghosts. One was one was tales of terror. These had beautiful artworks and illustrations. It was my first encounter with Asian uh, ghost stories. Yeah, which are what is wrong with you, Japan? They're utterly terrifying. Yeah, I'm telling you, like Japanese urban legends and and like ghost stories are scary. Um, and they have all these again beautiful imagery. But it will stay with you. And like to this day, I am kind of like, do I really want to open that book again? But they had in kind of the liner notes, liner notes? No, the margins, mm-hmm. um, little short stories. I was about and, to say we're not in theater anymore. I though. know. Um, one of the short ghost stories, they actually had to explain it, so I don't know if that makes it um, actually all that short, yeah. of a man who was in an inn and he wakes up one night all afraid. But the story in its entirety is... He woke up and reached for a match, and a match was put into his hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, if you come across any of the Enchanted World series, they were always spellbinding and wonderful and terrifying actually, if they had the black cover. Cause actually, I stuff. feel the same way about a specific book series, and I read these when I was like 12. The Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. I have that, but I never got into it quite the way I, you do. I love that. I would read those every morning before school. I would sit on the bus reading those books. And I recall kind of... So, my mom and dad had divorced, and I would go to dad's house, mm-hmm. and I would try to find stuff to read. And I read, of course, like what books my stepsisters had had. Yeah. Horse stuff, and the entire series of the Wizard of Oz books, which are oh, amazing and creepy. Yeah. Um, also, also, also very creepy. creepy, yeah. 
Um, like, the woman who can change her face? Yeah, like, if you saw Return to Oz, that's what the books are more like. But there was... Occasionally, I would find these books that my dad had, and one of them that really influenced me was... I did that one time, but they were 50s playboys for my grandfather. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more of the strange stories and amazing facts. Yep, yep. And I think that is when I first got into... Um, I don't know that it's just me, but I, that's when I discovered I really liked creepy, weird stuff and mm-hmm. unexplained. Now, obviously, a lot of people like creepy, weird stuff that can't be explained. Yeah. So I think that book is really what kind of sent me on this path to what we're doing now. You know, and I'm, I'm the same way, but again, my fascination with horror movies and horror stories and stuff like that started really early in my life. Like, when I was, like, six or seven, that's when... Like, and yes, they can influence... I think I was about nine or ten for but, that book. But, you know, I never turned out to be a serial killer or anything, because early in life, I was told that I need to distinguish between movies and real life. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's what we were taught back in the 80s. This True. is fake. You know? Yeah, of course, with the special effects, it was easier to tell. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> but, like, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh-huh. Twilight Zone. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, there creep was a show? there was no there. Well, Creep Show, yes, but there was one that used to come on Nickelodeon that I loved called "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" And I loved that show. Granted, I was fourteen or fifteen when it came out. I found it amazing, though. I never did see that, but you've mentioned it before. That does sound fun. Yeah, it's it was like a teen version of uh, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> slightly less lurid maybe <laughs> yeah I mean there wasn't nudity or anything but there were monsters and, and ghosts and stuff like that in it um, there was in one episode I remember there was a guy who is a cab driver who is taking people to the afterlife or whatnot, and he has this kid but nowadays I'm like that dude looks a lot like Hagrid <laughs> who knows <laughs> well I am curious what other people find yeah, yeah. to be the thing that scared or influenced them. Well, let's start with scary movies. What got your attention as a kid? Especially if you're our age, and if Do you're not, you I'd love to hear about it. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> um, and if there are any books or anything else yeah. that would um, interest you. Let's see, Washington Irving's uh, Sleepy Hollow. That uh, was a big influence in my life. Oh, yeah. Just the storytelling of that alone was immaculate. Now we're talking like the actual book, or we're talking like the Disney movie. Well, the book, but the Disney animated movie was amazing as well. So I mean, and that movie is dark, figuratively and and literally, and literally, figuratively and literally, it's dark because the entire movie takes place at night. So I mean, not Tim Burton's version. You know, love you, Tim Burton, but you you're not Washington Irving. (laughs) Uh, But no, like I mean, the things that got me were stories like that. And didn't you say that like one of the things that really got you about that is that the end is completely... It's open. The end is know. open. Like, you don't know what happened because Ichabod is running and the, the, the Hesse and the horseman lifts his sword up and then it just ends. Well, that's just rude. And then... No closure. Then the narrator is <laughs> like, well, what happened to Ichabod? Some say he died. Well, I like to think that he moved on and had kids with whatever Christina Ricci's character's name was. <laughs> Some German name. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, and, and that was my first real instance of this didn't end. Like, it's up open to interpretation. Like, what Fantastic. happened? 
So ultimately, we think that dark and creepy stories are kind of good for you. I think they're relevant. I think they're relevant. and I think they're I think they're extremely Nessa. Very Nessa? Very Nessa. Absolutely. That's necessary, kids, if you've never (laughs) watched the producers. Which you should. Yes. Um... I don't know. I think either we go on for about an hour because we've done that already. Yeah. Or we should wrap this up now. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, we can wrap it up. Just um, hit us up. Let us know what you think. We kind of got messed up by various Disney cartoons and movies that weren't supposed to be scary, but still were a little creepy. We're not unhappy about that, mind yes, you. Yes, no. We're not unhappy. But I do know that quote that I've seen floating around on Facebook of, you weren't scarred by some child's film as a kid, and it shows. Yeah, exactly. So, you never we'd watched, love to hear. You never watched Watership Down, and it shows. <laughs> we'd love to hear what films really stood yeah. out to you. I, I just suddenly remembered, I, do you remember Dot and the Red Kangaroo? Vaguely. That one almost had a human sacrifice in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember it vaguely. Um, there were some other ones. So, if you are willing to tell us, we'd love to hear what got you. You can tell we're unscripted. I think I've said that three times. Yeah. Um, So, what got you into the creepy world of creepy? Right. (laughs) What makes you southern fried and spooky? (laughs) (laughs) And we hope, I don't know yet about next week, but we do have some good stuff coming down soon. We hope to hear from you. We hope to let you hear from us again soon. Indeed. Yeah, so you know the deal, guys. Do us a favor and give us some likes. Actually visit us on our Patreon, our Facebook, and other various platforms. Hell, give us a call if you want to. Most of you know us already. Um, (laughs) But I'm not putting up my number just in case. uh, I get enough spam. But again, thank you for listening. So um, until next time, bye, y'all. Wait, you were supposed to say it. Well, I thought we were going to remind them who we are. Oh, well, we are Southern Fried Spooky. Want to try it again? Carolina Girl Heather. Florida Man Tony. Bye, y'all. Good job. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy now. You could have just said bye, y'all, and we could have said bye. (laughs) Right. Right. We're without a script, so I had to remind you. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. We have a formula. We have to follow it. Yeah, like Formula 451 or Artax Dying. There's a formula there. Is that a formula? I was thinking more like Heinz 57. Yeah, well. Don't put Artax in the Heinz. Just saying. (laughs) boat goes into the water shark is in the water our shark you know you love me I do